I'm Marco Werman. This is The World. When it comes to music, I tend to think of the planet as having hot zones, places where, for one reason or another, music has a rich history and continues to thrive. Here in the States, think New Orleans or New York City. Outside the U.S., Cuba, Brazil, and South Africa come to mind. And then there's Mali. Mali produced the late guitarist Ali Farkature, whom we're hearing now. Then there's musicians Salif Keita and Umu Sangare. And don't forget singer-songwriter Habib Kwate and Tuareg band Tenariwen. For me, musically, Mali is one of the richest places in the world. And as of yesterday, the music was stopped in the north of the country. And that's because Islamic extremists who control much of the vast desert region of Mali have banned all music except the singing of Quranic verses. The extremists say they are enforcing the strict Islamic code of law known as Sharia. The rule went into effect yesterday, months after a military coup in Mali destabilized the government, leaving militants and hardline Islamic groups controlling the north. Freelance journalist Rose Skelton was recently in southern Mali, reporting for the British newspaper The Independent. Her story for them on the musical situation there is titled, Can Musical Mali Play On? And Rose Skelton, the answer to the question seems to be a very forceful no today, doesn't it? It does, yes. Mali is really suffering uh, on all sides, but really the the music industry, which is so closely linked to the tourism industry, is really being crushed. I should point out that this has been going on for really for quite some time. Tourists were kidnapped um, a couple of years ago. And that was really the beginning of the the sort of crushing of the music scene there and the the tourism circuit. Mm. But this latest news um, about the the silencing of the radios is really the final straw for, certainly for now, for Mali's musical culture. You were just in Mali last week, as we said, Rose. That was before these Islamic militants known as the Movement for Oneness and Jihad in West Africa announced this ban on secular music yesterday. Apparently, all the uh, extremist groups uh, signed on as well and support this ban. What signs were there of uh, this cultural strictness when you visited? Did you think something like this would be inevitable? Well, this announcement doesn't really surprise me. I mean, there wasn't much music going on. I mean, I was in the south. Um, it's impossible to get to the north right now because it, it is so dangerous. But most of the musicians that I met were telling me, we can't play anymore. There's no tourists coming. Um, the festivals are being cancelled. Tours are being cancelled. Really, there's a there's a financial um, pressure on the music industry. But also, uh, I was I was interviewing musicians in the north by telephone, and they were telling me that their their instruments have been burnt. Um, these are the ones who are, who are, have stayed in the north. Mm. Their their speakers, um, amplifiers, guitars, they've been burnt by these groups. Even if they've managed to keep their their instruments or perhaps their singers. They have to do it in in hiding, and I, I received a, a call from from one rapper who's uh, in Gao, in northern Mali, and he rang me, just said, you know, please, please don't forget us, don't forget the musicians here, you know, you have to help us. It was really very moving. Um, there's this real sense of of just the music being strangled there. I mean, it does sound really dire. Uh, you also met uh, the great Malian singer Haira Arbi in Bamako. Now, Haira Arbi is originally from the north, from the city of Timbuktu. Now she's in the south in, in Bamako. What were some of the things she shared with you? Well, she came down, she was going to do a U.S. tour, and she came down to Bamako just a few days before the coup. 
um, which is when I first met her. We were there together during the coup. Um, this is in March, right? Yeah, this was the March coup. Timbuktu, her town, was taken uh, just a few days after the the coup by uh, Tuareg groups and then the Islamists. So she's actually, I mean, she's really a refugee. She's staying in a, a room which is a tiny four square meter room with a bed in a youth center that the government has sort of allowed her to stay in. She's there just with her suitcases. She's got her kids are in Bamako. They can't go to school. She can't perform all her instruments and her equipment is in Timbuktu. All her animals have died because there's no one to look after them. She mm. doesn't know who's in her house. It was tragic. It was a desperate, I mean, really just a desperate situation. She has nowhere to go and she has no way of, of practicing her art I and mean, she has no way of making an income. That's all she knows. And she's one of the country's better known musicians. And there are, I mean, there are just hundreds like her you mentioned how closely music and tourism in Mali are intertwined. Um, aside from the ban of secular music on the radio in northern Mali, it's also affected this well-known festival in the desert. Um, some of the biggest names in music have actually performed and gone there, from Robert Plant to Bono from U2. What are the organizers of the festival festival in the desert going to do? I mean, it's been slowly whittled away out of the last couple of years. Yes. I mean, there was an announcement on their website a few days ago that they were saying that the festival's going to go on and then um, said that they had been talking with, with people in neighbouring countries to maybe put the festival on there, but they seem very determined to, to let it continue. On the other hand, I don't know how many tourists are, are going to take that risk. Rose, help us out here a second. Mali, until early this year, was one of Africa's most successful democracies. How did, in the course of several months, did it become so fragile? I think we have to look at <laughs> that first statement. Uh, I really think that Mali wasn't one of West Africa's most stable democracies. Even I mean, relatively speaking? Well, the bar is quite low. Yes, that's true. But the Malian government is deeply corrupt. And that spreads to the army, which is very, very powerful in Mali. And one person told me, you can't put a democracy on a country in 20 years. You know, Mali has never been a democratic country and just because we had elections doesn't mean that we're a democratic nation. And I think that was why everyone was so surprised, because it just it folded so quickly um, within hours. You know, the, the, the whole political structure had just folded. And in the meantime, big concerns across the West African region over military invention in Mali or not. We'll continue to stay on the story. You can read the article Rose Skelton wrote for the British newspaper The Independent. We have a link at theworld.org. Rose Skelton, thank you so much. Thank you very much. You wouldn't be able to hear the great Malian singer Hira Arbi today if you lived in Timbuktu, so we'll let our airwaves carry her voice. Here's Hira Arbi's song, Gumu. From the Nan and Bill Harris studios at WGBH, I'm Marco Werman. We're back tomorrow. So